Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And today, you are joining us for our recap and discussion of Exile, book two in the Dark Elf trilogy by R.A. Salvatore. What did you think, Evan? That was pretty good. Yeah. All right. This, <laughs> this one's this one's the least of my of the, my favorite of the three, unfortunately. Oh, really? Yeah, it um, is, but it's still very good. Yeah, it just felt really gloomy. Yeah, it's very gloomy. I mean, obviously, it's going to. You're in like an underground. You're underground the entire time. Literally, it's very gloomy. Yes. Yeah, uh, but definitely, Dritz is just. He was kind of just bumming me out for like a lot of yeah. it. Like, I get it for sure. He's just he's so lonely. He he just wants to make friends. I felt like he just kind of like threw himself into a situation. You know what I mean? That he just didn't really need to be with, in. With like this for Debley? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> like, I'm desperate for friends. <laughs> I know. It's so sad in the beginning of the book. He goes and talks to the Mykonids and they're just like, we're, we're, we'll tolerate you, but we don't want to be right. friends. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> All right. I'll hang out near you, though. But I did really like the whole like hunter aspect, like his berserker mode thing that he seems to go into. That was really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and I had kind of asked about that on the earlier episode when we talked about Homeland. Like, does his kind of nature, I guess, take over at any point? And I got my answer to that. So that's pretty cool. Kind of rounds out the character. Yeah, totally. Kind of gives him something a darker side, so he's not all happy, like moral drits. He kind of has this alter ego he can switch into when he needs to be like in life or death situation and just uh, deal out some serious hurt and then regret it later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, one thing I'll, I'll say that is I just I don't know about this is like the fight scenes all kind of start blending together. Yeah, they were really cool in the first book because he was learning so much. And now, I mean, obviously, Dritz isn't going to get hurt or even, you know, he's going to be fine. So it's just kind of like after a while, it's like, all right, so how is he going to take down like this monster this time? You know, the Basilisk fight was really cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, I like, I mean, I like all the fights. It's just uh, I find myself kind of like skimming just a little bit through them now and then because it's just like. Uh, and then he picked up his scimitar and spun around and then <laughs> flanked them and then picked up his other scimitar. Get it over like, here. Did a double thrust low. and Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Salvatore writes some really great fight scenes for sure. I mean, I feel like there's a little bit of a, it's a, it's a little formulaic almost. I can kind of feel it start. Ha- Maybe yep. it's just this one book because, yeah, no, it's like even in like Streams of Silver and Halfling's Gem. Uh, yeah, formulaic is a pretty good word for it. There's the character of Intriri, Artemis Intriri, who's one of my favorite bad guys of all time. That is introduced in the ice um, in the Halfling's Gem, I believe. He he is the. I think the, it might be this in in uh, Streams of Silver. I think is it. I think uh, so. He gets yeah. It's whenever he takes Regis, who is like on the lamb from the um, Pasha Pook, who's like the head of this assassin robbers thief skilled down in um Callum something some southern town and he comes up to take his uh Pasha Book's revenge on old Regis who stole his little twinkly turning gem that hypnotizes people and Triri is a good introduction to the tale because whereas before everything is killable by Dritz and Triri is like his alter ego in both his like, like their his nemesis yeah he's their nemesis and they're kind of like different sides of the same coin and dritz is like i was only a couple decisions from becoming you you know and they are basically matched when it comes to sword play and so they have really good fights yeah i read icewind dale so long ago 
Yeah, uh, it's been a little bit, but I remember a little bit of that. But yeah, I mean, uh, didn't hate this book at all. It was just kind of like second book in a trilogy. We're underground the entire time. Um, if Dritz hadn't made friends with Belwar, uh, Gliss, Glissendulp or whatever. <laughs> See, uh, uh, Salvatore. Dulp, yeah, uh, Salvatore just thinking these names up on the fly. I know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I liked Belwar quite a bit. Actually, uh, Belwar seemed like kind of like a precursor to Brunor Battlehammer. Yeah, yeah the, he, he was definitely the like Brunor point five, the, the beta, the yeah, beta, the beta. The beta version. <laughs> <laughs> He's testing him yeah. out. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm really excited to see what happens in Sojourn. What's going on with Dritz as he gets out of the uh, the caves and everything, and kind of into the wider world? I think that'll be a little bit more exciting of a book. But um, yeah, let's get right into the recap here. All right. The story begins in Menzo Berenzan, ten years after the events of Homeland. Matron Malice and the rest of the Duerden family are still waging war with House Hanet, and with the help of renegade Jarlaxel and his group of Bregan Derth, the Duerden family prevail against the Hanet, moving them to eighth position in the Drow hierarchy. Meanwhile, Driss is living in the wilds of the Underdark in a small cavern inhabited by himself and a group of Myconids. After defeating a basilisk, Drist hears voices far down a tunnel and decides to investigate. He spots a group of Sferf Nebli mining and follows them home. When they arrive in a cavern outside their city doors, Drist decides not to follow them in. Back in Menzo Berenzan, Matron Malice is informed by the Drow Council that Matron Sinefe Hanet is to join the Duridan family under the alias of Shinane. Malice is also motivated to find and kill Drist to appease the Spider Queen. Dinan and Breeza gather drow soldiers and begin searching for Drist in the tunnels of the Underdark. Drist and Guinevar hear the party and try evading them, although Drist does not realize the house emblem that he carries is a locator device. He figures it out after a brief chase and fits the pouch over Guinevar's head so he can confuse and stalk his hunters. The party comes to a fork in the passage, so Breeza tells three to go one way and two the other, leaving herself and Dinan alone. Drist drops down and knocks his brother unconscious with one hilt of his scimitar and holds his second to Breeza's neck. Breeza tries to convince Drist to come home, foolishly mentioning his place in the family as the new weapons master after the death of his father, Zachnafane. A fight starts between them. Drist's new berserker persona called the Hunter takes over and he destroys Breeza's beloved six-headed snake whip. She pulls out a mace only to be beaten down and have two fingers severed. Dinan goes to attack, but sees only his death, and flees from the scene. As Dritz makes his killing move on Breeza, Guinevar pins him to the floor, giving Breeza her chance of escape. Enraged at Guinevar, he runs away, and when Guinevar disobeys his orders and returns to its own plane, Dritz realizes that he almost broke his promise to never kill a drow again. Sometime later, Dritz is out hunting, and he hears the Sferf Nibblin and decides to follow them back to their home. He finally decides to hand himself over, hoping they'll be allies, but they have no idea what to make of his peaceable actions and bind his hands before leading him into their city. In Menzo Berenzan, the family of House Steward and discuss whether they should go after Drist again. Breeza and Denon are not keen at all since their last encounter. Malice hatches an idea, so a ceremony takes place to bring forth a Yokol of Loth. To please Loth, Malice has decided to sacrifice Risen so that they may regain enough favor to carry out her plans. As the Yokol is called, Malice goes to strike Risen, 
but instead murders Sinefe, which gives her enough respect from Loth to perform Zin Karla, a spell which reanimates the corpse of a single dead person, but their mind is controlled mentally through the matron of the house, a gift only given to complete a specific task. Malice reanimates Zacnafane, knowing that he alone can destroy Dritzt. In Blingdenstone, the city of the Deep Gnomes, Dritzt is taken to a single dark room for interrogation. Knowing that death is the only way out of the city, Dritzt accepts his fate. The interrogator believes Dritzt is different, but has no power to help him. Dritzt suddenly recalls the survivor of the Drow Raid many years before, and asks that he may speak to Belwar Disengulp. In the anteroom of House Dewarden, the family is gathered inside with Malice and Risen back together. Malice allows Risen to strike the spirit wraith of Zacnafane Dewarden, but as Risen goes to strike, Zacnafane kills him. Drist meets Belwar, and with the Deep Gnome recognizing Drist, the drow is allowed to live with the gnome in his home. Although Drist has not allowed Guinevar, his armor, or weapons, he feels at peace in the city. After several ten days, Drist goes outside and meets a group of young Sverf Neblin. He reenacts the killing of the basilisk, but lets the hunter get the better of him and faints in the reconstructed hands of Belwar. Meanwhile, Zacnafane is scouting for Drist and comes upon his old shelter in the Myconid cavern. The Myconids see him and attempt to communicate, but Zacnafane kills them all. He also kills a pack of goblins, which are later found by a group of deep gnomes. Zacnafane watches the gnomes and follows their path. Later, Drist is reacquainted with Guinevar and goes on a mining caravan with some fellow gnomes, who he later helps get rid of a goblin party. Jarlaxle meets with the counselor of Blingdenstone to give him information from Menzo Berenzon. Ferbal, the counselor, finds out that the destruction wreaked around the Blingdenstone is caused by House Steward in hunting for Drist. Drist, having the most joy in the city that he hasn't felt in years, is unfortunately told he has to leave Blingdenstone by King Schnicktick because of the threat of Zacnafane and what he could do to the gnomes. As Drist leaves the city, Belwar accompanies him, and together they set off into the Underdark. After setting up a decoy encampment, Drist and Belwar head off in search of a new home. They come across a cavern of poisonous brouchies, a plant that the native grubber caterpillar eats. They pass the area, only to be chased by the grubber. They find a side passage, only to have it become a dead end. Belwar knows there is a path on the other side of the wall and cuts it down within a few hours. Once through, they climb down into another passage and come upon a huge chamber with a large chasm filled with green acid. They cross over the pathway only to be ambushed by a group of birdmen crossovers. Another fight ensues, and during this, Guinevar falls into the acid and returns to the astral plane for healing. They survive and make it far enough away to gain some distance. Drist calls Guinevar to his side, much to Belwar's disagreement, to find that the feline was scolded and hurt. Dritz sends Guinevar home, and they continue onwards. Zacnafane destroys the decoy camp and is enraged that he has been left waiting for Drist for several days. Drist and Belwar then see a human wizard filling buckets in a stream. He turns violent and creates an explosive fireball at the side of Drist, then escapes them. After a few days, they find a cavern with a lake and three chambers, which they proclaim as home. Zacnafane, meanwhile, has moved to the grubber's home and kills the grubber for its trouble. Another few days pass, and the cavern is invaded by a hook horror. Drisp pounces on it, and is about to kill it when he sees its face and notices it is not actually a hook horror. It is a peck, 
transformed by an evil wizard named Brister Fendelstick and made to wander the Underdark as a hideous monster. Drist and Belwar befriend it and call it Clacker, as it cannot recall its own name. They set off later to find the wizard and attempt to turn Clacker back into a peck. They come across the wizard's home, and although he will not let them in, Drist puts the onyx figurine into an arrow slit, letting Guinevar enter the building. The wizard reluctantly lets them in, and as he agrees to change Clacker back, he mutters a curse to Clacker under his breath, which Clacker, with his excellent ability to hear, overhears, and with the rage of a hook horror, murders the wizard. This means he will have to remain a cross between his peck mind and his hook horror body. Zacnafain finds Drits in Belwar's cavern. Although his instincts tell him to wait, Malice is too impatient and sends the wraith off. The trio return only to find the shelter trashed by the wraith. Once again, they set off to put more distance between themselves and Menzo Berenza. They come into yet another huge cavern, only to sense danger. There they are all attacked by Illithids and taken under their control. They come to and are all under the command of the Illithid masters in a cavern filled with huge Illithid community and their slaves. Belwar is made a gladiator, Drist a massager of the Illithid brain, and Clacker is left on an island surrounded by a chasm to tend to a herd of Roth. The three Illithid masters who own the three slaves are in their complex. Two of them go to the astral plane to observe Guinevar, having obtained the figurine. Zacnafane then enters the region, and the Illithids believe he will make a great asset of their works. He slaughters the four that come after him and heads towards the cavern. The two Illithids that are with Guinevar return to the material plane, and the panther follows them, leaving one trapped forever in the astral plane, and returns to help Dritzt. Clacker, trapped on his island, observes the commotion and tries to hit the lever with missiles on the other side of the chasm to activate the bridge. He succeeds and meets with Dritzt and Belwar, who have regained control of their minds and have found their armor. Guinevar also meets them in the four leave. Dritzt meets Zacnafane in duels, only to be saved by Clacker with his unleashing of a super peck ability. They carry on running and being pursued by Zacnafane and the Illithids. Once at a safe distance, Drist agrees to head back to Menzo Berenzan to see if any drow would help Clacker return to his peck form. On their flight through the tunnels, they once again return to the Acid Lake Cavern. Clacker, who arrives on the other side first, is murdered by Zacnafane, and Drist has a final confrontation with him. Back in Menzo Berenzan, Malice has deteriorated from constant control of the wraith and loses control of its mind. In the duel, Zack's personality returns from the Wraith, and explaining to Dritz quickly about Zen Karla before Malice regains control, Zacnafane leaps into the acid. Malice screams, and is killed by Breeza, who takes up the mantle of Matron of House Duerden. Unfortunately for her, a gift of 200 soldiers from House Benir turn on the Duerden family and kill the soldiers, Breeza and Maya. Vierna is kept as a handmaiden for House Benir whereas Dinan is taken under the wing of Jarlaxle and his band of rogues. Drist is unaware of this, but returns to Blingdenstone with Belwar. They depart from each other after a brief stay, Drist knowing that Belwar truly belonged in Blingdenstone. Drist is given a few gifts and leaves with a map of the Underdark to find a passage to the open lands of Faerun. The book ends with Drist and Guinevar sat upon a mountain edge, watching the sky and awaiting their next adventure.
Boy, in the uh, in the retelling of that, I forgot how many different. Well, first off, silly names there are. Like, dude, that was like kind of difficult to read. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like it's easy like to read King with my eyes. Nick Tick. I bet recording the audiobook for this was a pain in the ass. Like seriously, yeah. like, Sverf Neblin. If there's a yeah, dude, V in Sverf that word, Neblin. Sverf Neblin. That's he so... loves putting the uh, asterisk in the middle. Not the excuse me, the apostrophe in the middle yeah. of people's names too. Just because it's such a joy to read, but man, reading this out loud is kind of a nightmare. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, it's fine. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I mean, one of the main reasons that I feel like this book is just kind of like it's like it's it's fine, but it's kind of. Yeah, it's like i feel like there's a lot of really inconsequential stuff happening here like them meeting clacker and then just clacker dying before they yeah. even go back to men's of clacker like, is such a sad story too. i know like, it's super sad essence is just sad as fuck. and i liked clacker a lot i wish that he would have stuck around for a book or two um yeah. it was kind of it was like one of the more interesting parts of this whole book is clacker being half bird person he's like a quarter bird person <laughs> like yeah, whatever half hook or half yeah. uh uh whatever the other little like talkers of the stone yeah peck there we go yeah stone whispers who i've never actually heard they're one of the few creatures that i've never heard of before these books you know well it's funny because you've got like these people that are really good with like they're stone whisperers or whatever and it's like wait isn't that what the sferf nebly are and they're and even clacker's like well they can kind of do it too but like not as well as us and yeah it's just like like, the better version (laughs) it's like why do you have two versions dude yeah okay it's whatever um but yeah like uh i thought that Zach Nefane was a nice surprise. Yes, he's a very cool addition to this uh, to this story. That was a nice twist on it, honestly. I think that kind of propelled me through the book um, mm-hmm. when I realized that eventually Drist and Zach Nefane were going to have to duke it out again. And like a radical end fight over an acid lake. Like, can you get cooler than that? <laughs> it's so it's, radical. You're fighting, you're fighting your dead father over a lake of acid. Yeah, like, and it's like... Your reanimated ugh. dead father. Drist is all like troubled because he's the one person that they kind of had a thing you know that could like see each other on the same morality and like oh he's just like hates every bit of it and the acid leg it's just very cool yeah um the illithid part i didn't like that at all <laughs> none of it i was not none into the... weird okay can you explain to me like what the illithids are are they like yeah okay so imagine like cthulhu right cthulhu face mixed with like predator predator and cthulhu face have a love child and they're this extremely intelligent uh you know being that is not like an animal there i'm I'm so sorry to interrupt you was there an illithid in veneers yeah uh, matron veneers house or whatever she keeps one as like a a telepathic helper i just made that connection okay cool. yeah and i think he's actually from he's like an emissary from the community that dritz did work to and i think that becomes a thing like way later in the books if i'm not forgetting but yeah he's uh Drist is not loved among the Illithid community. They're basically like the Underdarks version of the Borg, right? They're like, each one is sentient on their own, but they're connected via the main, like, mothership mind that Drist is the massager of. Um, that's kind of like their their LAN party uh, connector. Well, so as much as I didn't like that sequence of events, just because I felt like it was just dumb, it was Why? just, right. it felt like a, a, a place filler, because they end up going back to this acid lake right you guys just turned around right i know it's like i almost feel like salvatore was just like oh, i can't put out a book that's only 200 pages i gotta yeah you know they gotta well, something else has to thing. happen to them um so it's just whatever but it's just like 
Driss is like massaging their brains. I know. It's, it's super <laughs> weird. No, it is like, and it's always like kind of gross yet super satisfying when he's like squelching, attacking it and stuff. And Gwynhovar is just like nomming into it. Just like, nom, nom. <laughs> I think he's like completely inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's super gross. And the old Gwynhovar like jumping into the acid lake, but oh, just go into the astral plane to heal is like, so D oh it's so D and it gets used as like a save save a main character out of certain death scenario so many times You're like well that person's definitely dead because you cannot survive that situation nope when grabbed him and took him to the astral plane right at the last second and then you just bring him back next time you call up old Gwynny. <laughs> Gwynny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was not expecting matron malice to die Man, it sucks to be a drow. Your moment of weakness, those closest to you don't support you. They kill you and take your stuff. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, good on Salvatore for sticking with. There's a lot of consistency there, at least. I mean, yeah. and it, even it's weird because I wasn't expecting it, even though by now I'm fairly familiar with how drow culture works. But I felt like Malice just had like a, at least in her family, like a pretty good like hold on power. Right. Um, but I guess Brisa was kind of like working her way up too. Uh, she was so a dom. Went, yeah, <laughs> Brisa's <laughs> Brisa's a lot for yeah. sure. Um, and I was not ex- the, the whole Cinefe thing was also weird because it's mm-hmm. like, why even take the chance? Right? Like the one thing that could kill your whole family is that person. Like, and if you're gonna kill you off out, Risen anyway, just kill. Like, him. Why do the whole like? There's like this whole conversation that happens. It's towards the beginning of the book where they the council meets and they're like, okay, so here's this whole backstory for Cinefe joining the Duridans and everything. Right. And then she just kills her anyway. And the Spider Queen's like, that'll work too. And it's like, yeah. okay, cool. I guess. Like, well, why did we I do all it's... of this? Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. I mean, I think it's just like consistency as far as like the drow, um, the way that they operate, like one, one queen or one, one queen, one priestess, one high priestess of the drow is seen as like a couple thousand male warriors, you know? So it's like that would have been spared. Yeah. Like that's a huge asset, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I guess a huge asset if you ever need to, you know, sacrifice someone to the spider queen who really, really loves her enemies being sacrificed to her, but even more than that, loves her followers being sacrificed to her by another one of her followers. That's like really gets her off. Yeah, that is. I want to. I want to see what's up with this Spider Queen. I don't think <laughs> we're gonna see the Spider Queen in Sojourn. Yeah, you see, um, the Lock Yalls, I believe, like her handmaidens. Yeah, you saw one in this one too. I think they. I think they brought out a Yalkol, um, in the first book too. They might have. Um, yeah, like, like waxy. One. Yeah, I was getting like the Yawclaws and the um, Illithids mixed up, actually, oh, um, okay. beforehand. Um, but so, now it's more clear to me. I have a question. This is, and I don't remember how great of a part he plays, but this is your first introduction of my favorite all-time drow, besides Dritz, which is um, Jarlaxel. Yeah. I love Jarlaxel. What an awesome character. Yeah, Jarlaxel was cool. Honestly, I wish we had seen more of him than just like two conversations. I don't remember how much he is in this book. So he's in the beginning when they're fighting the Hanets and like his people are kind of littered around through Bregan the and Dayarth, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's that. And then there's the conversation that Jarlaxel has with the um, Svirfnebli counselor. Um, okay. Like the gnome counselor. And then that's like kind of it except for like at the very end when dinan joins 
oh um, yeah which is Break really it. cool i liked that a lot that like Dinan is just like i don't want to die <laughs> so <laughs> so like what do i gotta do I what like do Dinan i gotta do yeah, yeah Dinan's cool <laughs> Um, but I yeah, think Jarl you see Axel, a lot more of Jarlaxle in the next one. Yeah, it's funny because um, I, I had kind of looked up, uh, I saw this Reddit thread that was talking about the Dark Elf trilogy, and it was like kind of spoiler-free, but a lot of people were like, Jarlaxle's the best, Jarlaxle's so cool. And then in this book, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's pretty interesting, I guess, but he's, he doesn't seem any more... I mean, he didn't seem like that much more conniving than any of the other Dark Elves, so I mean... It's like, oh, look at this he's guy. A... Look, at how, look at how ruthless he is. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of their thing, isn't it? He's not so much like ruthless as he is a, a he's an agent of chaos. He's always only ever working for himself. Even when he's working with like the most powerful of all people, he still stabs him in the back somehow and like gets his own way. And he like he always comes out ahead and he's just like this swaggering, like handsome you know, abs always like open elf. <laughs> you know, and it's like every one of his items are like magical. You know, where he has like these magical boots that he controls the sound of how loud they make him click. And so, lots of times, even though he's capable of being like utterly silent, he'll be like click clacking his way down the hall, just like <laughs> messed with people. And like he's just an awesome character. He's huge in the later books. He comes and goes quite often. Yeah, this was a good introduction for him then, because um, I was pretty interested in kind of like what he had going on and like his i kind of want to learn more about like his backstory and the Bragan darth and everything seems like mm -hmm. a are they like a mercenary group or something yeah they're like the only like because no no they would never be allowed to but apparently they're like really useful and some for some very high up people so they've been allowed to continue and there's this like place in the town that is a huge like crevice it's called the claw rift and it's where they the drow like mine all their like kobolds uh, their kobold fodder that they use in battle, and Bregan de Arth has like their their little camp like set up down there. It's all secret and awesome. <laughs> so glad you know so much about this. <laughs> yeah, I really love uh, Jarlaxle. He's he's the great. He's like um oh who's the who's who does um what Johnny Depp? He's like where did all the rum go? Yeah, yeah. He's oh, yeah. kind of like him, but Jack like Sparrow. the drow elf like evil version. He kind of reminded me of like Nikomo Kaska in um like the Joe Abercrombie stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, yeah, I see that. Like yeah, Nikomo Kaska. Nikomo Kaska. Yeah, he's just kind yeah. of a swaggering, like you know, uh, mercenary. I feel like a lot of this book, it this didn't need to be as long as it was. No, it was milked a little. I liked most of it, but there's just there's parts where it's like, dude, you could really cut this down so much like when the Driss whole fight is like with the birdman and the first time they get to the acid lake. i actually really liked that part it was great I thought that was yeah. cool because i i like i mean maybe i'm just a sucker for like bird hybrid creatures those <laughs> things are always really i was really excited to read about that but like the part where dritzt is kind of like observing this firth nebly yeah that was a forever. really exhausting part to read i mean it was he's just so sad and he's just, just like, like ugh, he's moping he's just like hmm interesting oh yeah. what's that <laughs> like oh and it's i don't know and maybe it needed to be that long, but I really don't think it did. I don't think it did yeah, at all. He's, he's like just... trying to be like, well, I've heard they've always been evil, but are they not? And it's like, at this point, you probably should just take whatever your people raised you thinking and just like put the opposite to it. Like if they said they were evil, they're probably good. If they said they were good, they're probably evil. And I mean, he, he just like goes up to them. Hey, I know we're like arch enemies as like a race, but... And that's before he thinks about Belwar too. It would have made more sense if he was like, I think I might have one friend here yeah. with Belwar, but he doesn't even really consider it until after he's already been caught. 
which right. I thought and he's was like, weird. oh, I know a guy. Yeah, and it's like, why are you here at all? Like, what are you doing? Right. Like, this is so odd. I think it was like, like his was choices just, and his. Was it just pure loneliness? Like, yeah, I think in his mind, his choices were become perma hunter and devolve oh, into some creature yeah. of the underdark, or put myself out there and maybe maintain my humanity. You he know, needed, like that he needed was like his... community. Yeah, I see. Okay, that makes a lot. That makes a little more sense, actually. Yeah. Because yeah, when, when I, the way that I was looking at it self. was just kind of like, I, yeah, man, I know you're lonely, but like, you don't know anything about this culture or community at all. They're going yeah. to arrest you immediately. <laughs> Maybe kill you. And, yeah, he needed a reason to not become Hunter, to not right, perma. The hunter, hunter thing is really interesting. Um, I wanted to ask, like, is is the Hunter mindset that he has, is that something that the Drow also have or are they always feeling like that or what's up with that exactly because it just kind of it felt like it just kind of spontaneously was a thing yeah um, um it's not no other drows ever like mentioned as possessing the hunter personality type i think that it's just a persona that he was forced to create to survive not only the loneliness oh, of the underdark yeah. but also to heighten his senses so he could like like become a creature of the underdark he's like i have to be them and be better than them and so he yeah. kind of becomes an animal in order to survive i think that was really well shown through the basilisk fight at the very beginning of the book salvatore starting the entire book with with just dritz versus a basilisk that yeah. was really great because Doesn't it's he begin it's, upside down in the cavern chamber he like wedged exactly. himself Maybe, in there yeah. was like sleeping like a bat <laughs> <laughs> It's like so cool, but like, you could never sleep that way. Got like the blood rushing to your head. Like a basilisk. I mean, the way that it's described in this book, and the way in the way that the Sferf Nebly kids react when they hear that he took one down. Because I remember the conversation was kind of like, "You saw a basilisk? Like, oh my god!" And then he's like, "I didn't just see it. I killed it. I, I killed it. it. Yeah." And they're just like, "You got to be kidding me. There's no way." <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's really cool that the beginning of the book is it shows kind of Dritz has to evolve into this yeah, kind of transformation. Totally. That makes sense. Yeah. It's a thing that becomes like cool in that because when he's in hunter mode, he's like heightened senses. You know, he is like one with his surroundings. He is a creature. He's he's an animal. But it be kind of becomes a problem because he'll, you know, maybe kill people that are really close to him. He just goes into like, I'm going to slay everything mode you know and so it's a uh, later on there's sometimes that he goes hunter and it's like not the greatest so i guess you kind of already talked about your surprise about briza or Briza taking over um did you have any because i mean house Stewarton is basically gone now like they get totally wiped yeah. out did you have any inkling that that was coming or was that just like a what? no because what i so the the progression that I thought that this trilogy was going to take was that eventually Drist would be kind of the undoing of House Stewarden at the end of the third book. So I was really surprised to see not not only is the Doorden House storyline kind of wrapped up or at least dissolved. I would say right. it seems like he's not ever going back down into the Underdark, or at least has no plans to. So Sojourn seems like it's going to be a much different book than the last two. Yes. Um, and I could be wrong about that, obviously. But yeah, I was really not. I thought that the whole trilogy was a house steward and arc of sorts. Oh, okay. You know what I mean, so when Malice dies, I was like, oh, so that's so now Breeza is going to lead house steward and against Drist or something. 
because they were doing raids and stuff in the other book and i was like so they come outside sometimes they're going to go after him even outside or whatever um but then house jordan is taken down even further so that's not happening yeah <laughs> like that was kind of solves really, yeah. this problem at least momentarily one of his problems i mean he's one got of his an major problems set of problems being out in Faerun, like just as a dark elf i mean you see, trouble even seeing during the daytime well and everybody hates him immediately yeah you know i mean even in the icewind dale trilogy people are just like no 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 like right not, and that's after he's that been guy. around for a while yeah and i mean because they travel a little bit i remember specifically in streams of silver when they come on to it like they come to like a new town that the that driss has never mm -hmm. been to or something um and it's really sad to, to Luskin, see. yeah there's a lot of like uh, prejudice against dark elves um it's i mean dark elves are terrible but it is just kind of like a good example of like the second somebody sees drist they just profile him immediately right it sucks because he's a good guy yeah. you know yeah he is a good guy uh okay what do you think is going to happen in this next book <sighs> man i have no idea like i would have been able to give you a good answer before like the end of exile is <laughs> just like <laughs> He's we're like, done. Home. It feels like, <laughs> yeah. If, yeah, it almost felt like exile, like homeland and exile were like a duology, mm -hmm. almost. And like sojourn. I mean, I have a feeling. I think he kind of knew that everyone reading was getting a little tired of like, okay, Drift Stewart is being hunted by his family. Like, I don't know. I think he wanted to give everyone a little surprise that linked into the next uh, yeah, three. You know, um, and I think he did it pretty cleverly. I imagine sojourn will probably be. So it seems like uh, the Spider Queen is still not happy with Drift. Um, yeah. so maybe Bragg and Darth with Dinan as part of that crew are still going to come after him instead of House Duarden. I could see that maybe happening. I don't know where Menzo Berenzon is in Faerun. I don't know how close to Ten Towns or Icewind Dale that is. So mm. maybe seeing him make his way up there would be interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't really have, I don't really have like a good idea of what's going to happen next. I mean, he seemed fairly content at the end of this book too, which was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's nice. You get a little bit more. I mean, you still get a little bit of a mopey dritz after he gets, you know, this isn't ruining anything that you definitely don't know already. But, you know, as he proceeds to get hated by every race he comes across, um, he's less mope, mopey in this book. He kind of develops some hope. Uh, you meet, you know, Drist follows um, the ranger goddess Mia Licky, and she's like a unicorn goddess, and he finds his <laughs> proverbial old man in the woods who educates him you know sort of uh sort of tropey sort of oh, figure in this book yes. and it's awesome i really wanted to talk about real quick uh or for a while if you if you have the time yeah of course <laughs> the the bromance uh between dritz and belwar was, <laughs> yeah uh, that was romancy i loved it i thought it was really cool um, when he gets was... kicked out it's so sweet belwar's like i'm with you man okay. yeah <laughs> he, like, it was sweet but that together. was like so <laughs> silly like belwar is just like i'm just gonna uproot my entire life give away all I'm of my too station honored. yeah like i you are just like Dritz is such a fucking cool guy that i'm just I, we're getting an apartment together Dritz. yeah like, dude <laughs> we're moving in together <laughs> we're sharing all the same things i mean <laughs> like what did you think I, of it? did you think it was like too I thought hokey it was too much too soon man like yeah you know, like <laughs> man like what a commitment you know yeah like, and it's they don't even have a plan they're just like let's go find a place to live together forever right. and it's like wait what <laughs> what <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Drizzt, you and me, we're going to fight monsters for the rest we're of gonna our lives. We're going to go lives. out there. We're going to clean up the underdark. <laughs> make it the under not as dark. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was cool uh, that they immediately are fighting monsters. Yeah, I mean, that's but, awesome. It's not like they just, like, find a place, but they, like, set up a little farm and stuff. And it's yeah, just, dude. Like, you settle down guys. for a little bit. It's all, oh, man, when Zach and Fiend, I know they don't settle down with the, um, whatever the mushroom people are called. I see them as cauliflower people in my head. I don't know why, but. The myconids. The myconids, yeah. yeah it's sad that Zach cool. and just takes. Yeah, they seem like a peaceful, down. cool race of fungus yeah. people. They're just fungus people out there doing their fungus thing, you yeah. know, and. Mycelia chilling, and they get really taken down by old Zachnafane. Yeah, um, I'm kind of curious, like, the mechanics behind Zachnafane kind of coming to his senses of in a way. Like, that was really odd because, and I think it's, was it because of some prior battle? Was that what, like, the Illithid thing was for? Maybe. Or, like, where they like pulled him forth a little bit from it or something. I don't know. That was really yeah. odd. That... Well, I think they had to give him a little bit of his essence in order for him to be as good of because his, his sword fighting this wasn't just that he was like such a good sword sword fighter. It was because he also knew Drist and trained him. So I think they pulled like yeah. a little bit of his personality back in there so they could like get not only his like muscle memory but also his ability to like be the soldier that could take down Dritz because he knew his moves. I well, guess. not to mention, I think it's mentioned that Malice, um, like her controlling him is, is weakening her. Yeah. Right? So like, as she, like the longer weakens, it goes totally. So like, as she's weakening, he's getting a little bit stronger in his personality. So if he wouldn't have died, I don't know if he would have become full Zach ever no, again. I don't think he like, would have. No. Yeah. Because even him and Dritz have like a pretty emotional conversation where like, he's basically just like Dritz, I am not alive anymore. Like right. you really need to like, you gotta let me go with that. Um, but I do think, you know, Zach, I know that you, you're not father of the year here, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like maybe just like lay down or something don't jump into a lake of acid like that would have been pretty traumatizing for old Ritz, you know <laughs> i mean just like think about maybe how this is going to affect your kid you know he's already been through so much uh that seemed yeah. like quite a bit of trauma to just like dump onto Dritz. but uh whatever you know it's fine yeah, i'm not yeah. i'm not a father so i don't know he was worried about just in case uh he gets retaken over or something oh I don't yeah know. yeah that could have maybe happened I don't know at what point though Bryza decided he was going uh she was gonna take over and, and slit the throat of all uh matron malice. I really like when the Duardens are kind of meeting in the antechamber, like anteroom or whatever, and Malice is just like, Okay, so plan plan A didn't work. Let's go let's go do it again. And Brisa and Denon are just like, No. No, 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 no. You Way went out there, too, you can yeah, go if yeah. you want to find out what that's like, but he's basically master you have out no there. Idea. Yeah, you have no yeah. clue how strong he is. It's ridiculous. Like <laughs> that is very satisfying when he gets the jump on him and drops down, like takes out uh Denon and then like scimitar knives, and then the fight with her uh whip thing snake whip is just oh, so great well i think what would have been really interesting and i'm not saying salvatore had to have done this or anything but i think it would have been really interesting if brisa or Dinan had found out that drist had made that kind of um oath to himself to not kill another drow because that might have given them a certain like upper hand in oh, the yeah. situation because they really could have just thrown drow at him until you know um, but they didn't know that they didn't know for sure that he wouldn't kill them but i just thought that would be kind of like an interesting uh like development but i mean i'm kind of glad it didn't happen his, 
uh, I hate his vow to himself. Like I'm not, I'm guaranteed or I'm vowing to never kill the one race. That's like going to be hunting me for the rest of my life. And it's definitely going to try to kill me. And it's like generally terrible. Like what? Yeah. It seems odd um, that he wouldn't stay practical with that yeah. because I mean, cause his survival is so dependent on him killing drow health, <laughs> staying violent. I mean, he seems to have really yeah. made his peace with a lot of that up to a certain point that really, like that, I don't know. That kind of brings like an interesting, like moral conversation into it, though. I guess. I mean, it's like if somebody's willing to kill you, should you be willing to kill them, like in every case, or like should you, like should you be able to swear that off? It's you know, it's kind of like Batman. Like Batman won't kill people, right? Um, even though I'm sure he has. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's some Definitely. way, or but like his, it, like you know, you're gonna have to break your one rule or whatever. Of you know? course, like you're gonna have to kill somebody, and it's um, it's and it was kind of like in the Avengers too when Captain America's like, we don't trade lives. You know, it's like, yeah. well, that actually ended up costing like quite a few more lives. Than yeah, saved, sometimes you need to. Yeah, like, <laughs> but whatever. I mean, uh, it's interesting how somebody avoiding conflict can create so much of it. You mm-hmm. know. Um, Ooh, well said. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Driss is definitely, he never stopped being interesting, for sure. Yeah. It's odd, after reading so many different kinds of fantasy books, um, it's odd kind of getting back into something that's like as, as episodic and like serialized as this, mm-hmm. um, where you, like you know that there are 36 more books about this character. Right. So like there's there's no real danger so it's really? just will not die no no i wonder if salvatore is ever going to kill him i don't know that'd be interesting that would be interesting if like he's like 80 and he's just like i'm gonna kill dritzt i think time to kill him i mean he killed chewbacca died like po- poison or something super lame <laughs> did you hear about that i think um like salvatore wrote a star wars book um, yeah he was into star wars for a minute i think he helped with a couple of the scripts too uh, and I guess he killed off uh, Chewbacca. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, and it... <laughs> His book instantly got decanonized. I can't remember what book it was. Uh, he wrote, uh, so he wrote Attack of the Novelization of Attack of the Clones. Yeah, okay. Oh, I think it was Vector Prime hmm. where he kills off Chewbacca. He'll kill um, other people's main characters, but his own? No, those ones are remaining alive. I just looked it up and... Um, Apparently, Salvatore killed off Chewbacca uh, on a planet succumbing to a killer poison bug swarm. Wow. <laughs> Damn, dude. Dang. Yeah, I guess people were pretty upset with him for that. <laughs> Give him a, a Star Wars book, and he's like, let's kill arguably the most popular, one of the most popular characters. <laughs> In like a like bug I said, swarm. Don't kill other people's main characters, but his own, they're safe. I have a feeling at some point he's going to want to wrap up Dritz. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not, though. I mean, it'd be kind of interesting if, um, you know, like if Salvatore, like, retired or passed away or whatever and, like, Dritz just never died. Just fades be... into, like, legend of yeah, occasionally actually... a drow elf will save you while you're out in the wilderness. Okay. Um, I have one more question before we kind of wrap this up. This is a pretty short episode because it's a pretty short book, obviously. Um, but what's up with that wizard? Um, Fingal stick or whatever. Yeah, the one uh, that turned clacker? Like, is he just clacker? The wizard's just down there, just hanging. Just... Yeah, so I think, you know, the wizards are really uh, an eccentric bu- bunch, eccentric bunch in um, 
Faerun, and they're always doing little ex uh, like um excursions excursions and researches you know and like tests and stuff to figure out if they can i think this one was trying to like breed like cross breeds or he was testing out spells and needed to be away from the seeing eyes of other wizards who would judge him for being a terrible wizard or something i think he was just down there doing experiments all right yeah being but... a conniving little conniver just toss a wizard on in there. Yeah, uh, man, it's so sad. Like whole Clacker, they like finally convinced this guy to change him back, and then Clacker goes rage mode on him, and the thing that like he wants free of is the thing that prevents him from getting free of it because he goes into like Clacker hook horror mode and rips this guy to pieces. And then Zachnafane just kills him anyway. So that was yeah. Like, you know, I thought that I thought the book three was going to be uh, Dritz. Like I thought Drist was going to kill Zachnafane or at least like get the one up on him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um prevail against Zachnafane essentially. And then Drist and Belvar and Clacker were going to go back to Menzo Berenzon, and then the whole of book three would be Drist trying to like avoid the Doridans and like and like team oh. up with another house or something and and then figure out how to save his friend Clacker while also dismantling the Doridans. Like that's what I thought Sojourn was gonna be. Um, which, if you think about it, kind of seemed like what this book was setting up <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and then, and then, no, they just, just like you kind of thought that the end Sojourn would end like this one ended. Yeah, pretty him much setting uh, out. Yeah, no, this one's kind of the transition from him to Icewind Dale. All right, that's pretty cool then. Yeah, which um, is pretty cool. It takes yeah. a totally different turn. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this episode up, everybody. Thank you for listening to our uh, recap and discussion of Exile. Uh, not my favorite R.A. Salvatore book I've ever read, but definitely some high points. Uh, you know, Lake of Acid is always cool. Basilisks are yes. always cool. Uh, I don't know why we had Pex and Spurf Nebly. That's whatever. I wish that Clacker was still alive, so I could have at least got some kind of. You emotional attachment <laughs> to something uh i wonder if we're gonna see belwar again um but i don't know i think bruno battlehammer is probably the uh the main stand-in the, for him the new one yeah i will say one thing about uh salvatore books is any friend of dritzt is never fully gone you know it's pretty awesome they always come back maybe 10 12 books later but they'll come back around that would be really <laughs> wild to like read book 24 or something in this 38 book series and then see <laughs> belvoir again but yeah everybody really appreciate your time listening to this with us and i hope that you join us for episode three in our dark elf trilogy uh, wanderings and skittering. It's been a blast. I love it. I'm so happy <laughs> that you're reading these. I love yeah, these. Yeah, these are really cool. Uh, but yeah, everybody, hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.